0: You're listening to Inspired, a production of Interfaith Voices. I'm your host, Ambrine Khan. Releasing a book in the middle of a pandemic can be stressful. Without travel, authors struggle to find an audience, especially first-time authors. But that's not the experience of Chen Zheng Han. The 30-something Bay Area writer has been busy. Her first book, Be the Refuge, Raising the Voices of Asian-American Buddhists, was published in January. And her virtual book tour has been packed. Han's training as a chaplain comes through in her book and her conversational style. She's empathetic and an active listener. And the book is clearly a culmination of those kinds of conversations. They were sparked by a simple question Where are all the Asian American Buddhists?
1: What feels like home? It's such a complex question, right, for Asian-Americans, I think, in particular. We don't have a lot of control over our geographic future. So I think I'm also trying to learn what it means to make home in different places.
0: That's a really great kind of entree into Be the Refuge. The opening chapter of your book, the acknowledgments that you have at the beginning, You describe it almost like this symphony of acknowledging all the different people who played a role in helping you along the way. You reference one particular person, the angry Asian American Buddhist. And I wanted to ask you, when did you decide that it was time to write this book? When did you feel called to bring this book to life?
1: Yeah, I guess you mentioned the Angry Asian Buddhist. That's the pseudonym for um, a blogger whose real name was Aaron Lee. And he started that blog probably around 2009. It was really interesting to me because it was the first time I heard an Asian American voice speaking about issues of race and representation in American Buddhism. So he'd gotten the idea from Angry Asian Man, Angry Little Asian Girls, but he really was focusing it on American Buddhism. And the thing was, as he was pointing out so much of our media representations of American Buddhism, and even within the study of Buddhism in the West, it's really focused on white converts. Yet two thirds of Buddhists in America are of Asian heritage. And so he was really pushing back against the underrepresentation and the misrepresentation of Asian American Buddhists. And then, you know, I kind of shelved it, forgot about it. But then in 2012, I needed a master's thesis topic and it kind of came up again I thought where are all the young adult Asian American Buddhists you know I was in my 20s at the time it felt like they must be out there but how come I never see their voices and so that really got me started on what I thought would just be like a small master's thesis I thought no one would talk to me and then 26 interviews later interviews that were between an hour and a half and five and a half hours long I realized like oh Oh, this has actually struck a chord, you know? And then I had actually 63 more people who wanted to do interviews with me. I couldn't meet them in person because they weren't all in the Bay Area or Southern California. So I opened them up to email interviews, made that adaptive. And by the time I had 89 interviews, I sort of realized with a sinking feeling that this is way beyond the confines of a master's thesis. And these voices really need to be heard. And that started me on a rather long journey of turning this into a book.
0: Well, that long journey and all of those interviews that you described, a couple of things struck me. One, it, it sounded almost like it was a... I don't want to say a coming of age book for you, but it almost sounded like it was a finding your spiritual connections and community that you were discovering in listening to these various experiences from Asian American Buddhists who had who had different experiences, all from, you know, very different places, started to feel like you were knitting together this, this framework of trying to understand and situate your own experience as an Asian American Buddhist.
1: That's a beautiful way of putting it. I don't know if anyone has quite um, languaged it that way, but I think it's really true. It's funny. I was reading on the page and wasn't finding a kind of you know community that included Asian American Buddhists. So in a way, I suppose I was looking in the real world and finding bits of it here and there. And then I think maybe I returned to the page again and kind of imagined. A kind of community, right? I interviewed these people one on one, but there was something powerful about weaving them all in. And it actually took a while for me to kind of work up the courage to weave myself in since it began as a more scholarly project. And there's such a convention of, you know, kind of having some. Objective distance. Not that that's ever I like the really possible. I like the voice. I like the voice you made. Yeah, I know. I hear you. I hear you. I totally get it. Exactly. Yeah. And actually, a big inspiration. I think it was around 2014. Was I went to hear Ruth Ozeki speak about her book, A Tale for the Time Being, and she is Asian American, or rather, you know, Canadian, but also as Zen Buddhist priest. And I asked her afterwards if. You know, I had this thesis and I wanted to turn it into a book and she was very gracious. And we later talked on the phone and the big piece of advice that really stuck with me was she really encouraged me to write myself into the book and make it an account of my curiosity. So I had this whole first iteration of the book with like 500 footnotes and I threw that one out basically and rewrote it from scratch for a more general audience and wrote myself into the book because I realized in a way, a common thread in all of these interviews was myself and my own story. And so the book ends up having kind of elements of memoir, but also it feels a little like an anthology because there's other voices. And I suppose it is very symphonic in the way that you describe.
0: Symphonic, I think, is a great way to think about it because everybody has a different experience. You just said you did a master's thesis. What were you getting your
1: master's in? In Buddhist studies at the Graduate Theological Union in Berkeley, California. And GTU is actually a consortium of different member schools, mostly you know Christian seminaries but there's also a member school called the Institute of Buddhist Studies which was actually founded all the way back in 1949 so I took most of my classes there and in retrospect it was the perfect place I actually can't really imagine another birthplace for this book because this is a tradition whose roots go back to the 1800s in America among the first people to bring Buddhism to America the oldest Buddhist institute in the United States rooted in a Buddhist tradition called Jodo Shinshu or Shin Buddhism. And unfortunately, when people think about American Buddhism, they very seldom think about Shin Buddhists. And I'm guilty of that myself. It was really only once I learned about this grad school and enrolled there that I started to learn about the vibrant community in the present and also the incredible strength and resilience of this community historically over multiple generations in the face of discrimination, you know how they continued to practice Buddhism in the wartime camps when they were incarcerated.
0: You know, I'm glad you brought that up. As I was reading these stories about the growing number of rallies and events that were happening outside of Christian churches that were identified as Korean or as Chinese, there was a part of me in the back of my head going, wait, where are the Buddhists? Like, where <laughs> where are the Asian Americans who I have met over the years who are associated and affiliated with different religious traditions that are outside of Christianity, but are absolutely a part of this religious landscape and have such a real history and experience with confronting anti-Asian sentiment and and discrimination, ranging all the way back. You referenced World War II and the internment of Japanese, but even prior to then, the Practicing of Buddhism was associated as being foreign and making one's loyalty and fidelity to America under question.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Where are the Buddhists? You know, we are here, we are holding memorials and services in honor of the victims. I see a lot of Buddhist communities also reckoning more deeply with racism in our own sanghas. So the thing is, we're not often a trending topic you have to dig for us to find us in the news, but we're there. And I think it's helpful to think about the numbers. You know, we're very much a minority in this country. About 1% of U.S. adults are Buddhist, according to a 2012 Pew Forum report. And again, of course, I say of those two-thirds are Asian American. But as you pointed out, that's a really diverse umbrella. The continent of Asia is vast and huge. Not everyone even aligns with that term, Asian-American. But a friend of mine just pointed out to me, you know, one of the victims of the Atlanta shootings, Young Ayu, was a Buddhist. And, you know, for example, the 84-year-old Thai man who was attacked and died of his injuries back in January of this year, wicharatana Bhakti, was a devout Buddhist, so it's actually been powerful for me in, the, in terms of, for example, which has death, the New York Times report on it showed a picture of his daughter at their temple um, in front of the altar. And this is a temple that my husband used to visit quite a lot. And actually, a couple of weeks ago, we went to the temple to also pay our respects. So there's a way in which I think, you know, even the media if it reports on religion at all, it tends to report on Christianity, and it really misses some of the perhaps more grassroots or community efforts. But I am have been working with a few people um, to organize a more coordinated national memorial service in honor of the lives lost to anti-Asian violence.
0: To hear my full unedited conversation with Chen Zing Han, I invite you to visit interfaithradio.org or subscribe to the podcast and catch it wherever you listen. Chen Zing Han is a Bay Area writer. Her first book, Be the Refuge, Raising the Voices of Asian American Buddhists, was published in January 2021 by North Atlantic Books. That's all for this week's show. A special thanks to Kevin McCarthy, this week's producer our founder, Maureen Fiedler, and MC Yogi for our theme music. To learn more about us, I invite you to visit interfaithradio.org. Wherever you are, I hope you are well and you are safe, and that we'll see you next week. I'm your host and executive producer, Umbreen Khan.